0: to you by the georgia governor's office of highway safety reminding you to buckle up georgia
1: welcome to another round of the football fridays in georgia podcast here at georgia public broadcasting thanks for accessing us however you are doing so large device or small off of your favorite podcatcher you name the podcatcher we're on it Hit uh, like, friend, and uh, save. And that way, every single time a new one pops up, you can find out when that is. You can listen to me and Hannah talk about high school football every single week during football season. Well, once a month when football season's not in season, but it's always in season, isn't it?
0: It's always in season. Okay,
1: so let me me peel back the fourth wall here a little bit. Okay, before we started, before we started the show this week, I told Hannah about the reboot of Saved by the Bell on (laughs) Peacock. (laughs) <laughs> Which is uh NBC's new uh, NBC's new channel that you can get online. So I tell her about this reboot and the promo is out. And what was your initial reaction?
0: I said as of twelve oh three uh PM on Tuesday, October twenty seventh. As
1: we're taping, yes.
0: I am deceased.
1: She is she's no longer with us.
0: I can't believe it. They are uh, rebooting Saved by the Bell.
1: Yep. It is uh uh, Mark Paul Gossler, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, It is uh, Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkley. And uh, apparently, Zach is the governor of California, unreal. And Kelly is the first lady. And uh, uh, let's see, Mario Lopez is the PE teacher on uh, at Bayside, and Elizabeth Berkley's character is uh, the principal
0: going to be awesome. I grew up on Saved by the Bell.
1: As did I. Bayside Tigers. Woo.
0: Yes. I'm excited.
1: So we're looking forward to that. But we're also looking forward to catching up with Jason Strickland, the head Mm -hmm. coach of the top-ranked Ware County Gators. He is our guest this week on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. He is in the middle of it all this week with us. But what is on your mind this week?
0: Before we get to the whip around of what happened on Friday, I've got a little shout out for my partner here.
1: And the partner behind the glass, if this is where you're going. yeah.
0: John mm-hmm. won a Gabby Award, everybody, for the Beths. Beths Beth. Beth. <laughs> the Keep best... drinking that nitro
1: coffee, girl. I know. I've
0: had two coffees. Best sports anchor in large market television. Our producer, Sean Powers, also won a Gabby for the Bitter, bitter Southerner for podcast. the Bitter Southerner. GBB. I yeah, have stick a list to that, today. Stick to that
1: coffee. You're not awake. I a have way. a
0: list today. Stick to the coffee.
1: Get a third one before the show is over.
0: <laughs> congratulations, guys! Thank it you. is an honor working with you.
1: See now, this is where either Sean uh, pipes in applause for all of us underneath, and creates a separate audio channel underneath in the post edit, where the, where the applause happens, mm-hmm. or he inserts his own voice in here and and thanks you for what you just said as well.
0: Well, I did. I didn't say it spectacularly well, but congratulations, guys! It. It really is amazing working with you each week.
1: Yeah, the the Bitter Southerner version was uh, their their okra episode. Mm -hmm. Say that ten times fast. The okra episode for Bitter Southerner. But no, it's 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 a blast to come in here and work and and be with folks who just let you run and tell good stories and be yourself. And it's always it's good to it's good to be here. And since I've been here since uh, I think eighteen eighty four. Was my first year here in television, so it was. Uh, no, it was. It was good to get that. And you're uh, not
0: being serious.
1: 1884 was when television was not invented. No, <laughs> but no. This is this is my 26th season at Georgia Public wow, Broadcasting. it's my fourth. Mm-hmm. So, but no, it's a, it's tremendous to win an award. Thanks to the Georgia Association of Broadcasters for their recognition of Sean and what he's doing on the podcast side of things. This is included as a part of that. And he puts up with us on a weekly basis, but his work with Bitter Southerner has been yeah. tremendous as well. But no, thanks to the GAB for uh, the award. And when I do receive it here at 260 14th Street Northwest, Atlanta, Georgia 30318, I'll post a picture.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to that. You guys are the real deal. All right, let's get to some of the games that happened on Friday and stick with me because clearly I cannot speak today. So
1: Sticking with you.
0: So for the Football Friday in Georgia broadcast this past Friday, we were at the Hornets Nest at Ray Maness Stadium, Cherokee versus Roswell. Quarterback Robbie Roper, I don't even know what to say about him. He was 10 for 17 passing for 191 yards and three TDs. He also overcame two interceptions. He was lights out. Ryan Hill also rushed for 82 yards and scored on a three-yard run in the final minutes to break the 28-28 tie. I thought we were going into OT, John, but... Roswell won it
1: 35-28. Big win for Roswell in region play. And a lot of these early region games, when you see heavyweights go at it, they're the ones that kind of sit there and say, "Okay, well, the winner of this one gets the inside track for that number one seed coming into the playoffs. And Roswell was one example of that. Uh, caught up with Coach Shaw after the game for Cherokee, and he said we we played uncharacteristically poorly on defense in that game. I saw some things out there that I hadn't seen, but uh, they're going to look to rebound and have a strong finish and try to get the two seed or have things happen uh, if Roswell ends up stumbling along the way where they can get the one. But uh, Roswell uh, would have to lose twice if Cherokee ends up being a part of that discussion. So Coach Shaw and the Warriors are looking for the number two seed right now out of the region.
0: They will play 5-1 Milton on November 6th, and Cherokee will play Etowah on Friday. All right, let's take a look around the rest of Metro Atlanta area. Number one, Cedar Grove, took sole possession of first place in Region 5-3A with a 33-6 win over number three, Greater Atlanta Christian Rashad. DeBinion rushed for 178 yards and four touchdowns on 16 carries. Austin Smith was also 11-18 of 18, passing for 166 yards and a score... Then a heavyweight region seven 5A matchup for number two, Blessed Trinity, and number six, Calhoun. The Titans won 35 to 21 with help from Justice Haynes, who rushed for wait for it, Mm -hmm. wait for it, 331 yards, five touchdowns on 39 carries, and completed a 41 yard pass to his own quarterback, JC French. Mm hmm outstanding the game was tied 21 21 entering the fourth quarter when haynes scored his final two touchdowns well and
1: calhoun had the early lead in that game mm-hmm. as we were talking about on football fridays at the reeve and the reeve is a traditionally a very very tough place to play and uh, calhoun had the early lead bt came storming back and got the win and, and yes that haynes is from the uh the georgia university of georgia haynes playing tree veron haynes the tailback the hobnail boot reception
0: oh yes that's
1: his dad classic veron haynes Stepped on the, stepped on their, what was it? Stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke and their nose. His nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was. <laughs> So that was that. That's his dad, Veron Haynes, the guy who caught that pass.
0: One more around the metro Atlanta area. Number six Norcross defeated Mill Creek twenty three to twenty in OT. Johnny Clark's one yard run in the second overtime was the game winner. Mason Kaplan was also seventeen of thirty six passing for two hundred and eleven yards. Norcross did not allow Mill Creek's offense to score a touchdown in regulation. That was another good one. John, what games did you have your eye on?
1: All of them. No. Um, you, you go Ware and Coffee, which was one that we'll talk with uh, Jason Strickland about coming mm-hmm. up in just a bit. Ware got the Duke 24-14. Flowery Branch in North Oconee, another game that went into overtime, 42-35 there. Peach and Crisp Ooh. with uh, Brad Harbour, the head coach of Crisp, and Chad Campbell, the head coach of uh, Peach County. Peach had a 14 nothing lead in this one. It was scoreless at the half. I think the first half took like 28 minutes. Come into the second half, Peach had a 14-0 lead, fourth quarter crisp, storms back, scored to make it 14-13, didn't get the two-point conversion at home in Cordill, and then Peach recovered the onside kick for the Duke at 14-13, two of the teams that will be in the discussion at the end of it all in AAA along with Cedar Grove and GAC. Also on my board, uh, two games that were 35-28s, Toombs County beat Bacon in overtime, Dublin beat Wilcox in regulation. Uh, Wayne County and Veterans, Wayne's won that one 10-7. River Ridge continues their great run, beating Creekview 20-17. to That's just a small sample of the games that were on my board.
0: Well, let's check in with Coach Jason Strickland and see what's going on down there in Waycross.
1: Jason. Yes, sir. Congrats on the big win last Friday night. Run through it for us a little bit.
2: Uh, it was a lot of fun, number one. I mean, I, I thought our band and cheerleaders and ROTC folks just did an unbelievable job of creating, you know, a little bit of a college atmosphere, John. I mean, it was just a, a, a unique deal with all the pageantry. And, and I mean, you got two uh, two really good football teams that are very well coached and uh, big rivals in small-town South Georgia. And, and uh, it was just kind of one of those good old South Georgia lob knockers that, fortunately, we were able to make a couple – plays at the end to, to pull it out and our quarterback Thomas Castellanos really really played exceptionally well and then we've got a really good linebacker that's a Vanderbilt commit that probably played his best game of the year defensively and and that was going to be the the case that we needed him to be and then our our, our kicker is highly talented a kid named Henry Bates just had an unbelievable job in the special teams department and, and um, at the end of it we were we were able to kind of be one of in the region.
0: With the win, you become the ninth team in GHSA history to be a fifth-ranked to beat five-ranked teams in the regular season. If I can get that out, Coach, what <laughs> does that say about your team, and what does that mean to you?
2: It, it means that whoever's in charge of scheduling probably ought to be fired. Yeah, you got
1: to talk to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know,
2: I, I think uh, it says a lot. A couple things: one, with our community they want to see good football games and they, they want to see us play in good competition. And, and uh, so they, 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 kind of let that be known that, that they don't want what, you know, a lot of what we call prescription games on the schedule. And um, you know, the, the other side of that too, is I think our kids enjoy playing those games and uh, they, they want each game to kind of be a big moment. And you, know, you get a kid, I mean, you get a, a a situation like this year as well, where really kind of every Friday night is a blessing, um, you know, you, you, want that, you want that blessing to, to be a big moment and, and some excitement and, and things to kind of get the community stirred up. And, um, you know, for them to be able to win them now is kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, we, we, we thought we had a pretty good football program coming in. We didn't know exactly how good we would be, but uh, our guys have probably found a way to overcome a lot of bad coaching.
1: When uh, it comes to this particular season, coach, how difficult has it been for you as a coach and for the staff down there at Ware County to coach in this current environment?
2: Well, you know, I think I heard you know Bill Belichick about two weeks ago make the statement that you know used to you'd kind of take try to take things week by week, and now it's not week by week; it's kind of hour by hour, and. Uh you know, you're kind of down in our area of the athletic area, the weight room and the gym and, and that sort of thing. If you see an administrator walk down, you kind of hold your breath. Uh Used to, you, you felt like, you know, hey, man, they're coming to hang out and talk for a little bit, get away from kind of the the, the academic setting for a little bit and just kind of see how we're doing. Well, now, usually that means they're coming to tell you, hey, one of your kids have been tagged in quarantine or, you know, somebody's tested positive or you know whatever it is or or hey you know somebody may be calling to cancel a game Yeah, you know, it's just the emotional stress and the mental stress is is much higher and you, you try to guard your kids from that and you know as for a long time as adults we've kind of preached to our kids you know focus on the things that you can control and now i mean we're having to prove that we can do that more so than than ever and uh you know, it's, it is it is a lot of stress, but uh, you know, that's why we keep reminding our guys that every time we get to walk out on the field Friday night, it is a true blessing.
0: Well, your guys are certainly overcoming adversity well. You've got some big-time playmakers. Quarterback Thomas Castellanos was 21 of 34 passing for 295 yards and a couple TDs in the 24-14 to win over coffee. You also have wide receiver Brandon Mills. Talk about them and what they mean to the team.
2: Well, you know, last year, we got here so late, our our first year. It it, it really took us the whole season just to kind of figure out who we were from an offensive standpoint, and and, uh, after the season, we we sat down and said, look, we've got a a special talent at quarterback, and we're going to do something that Coach Strickland has never done. We're going to open this thing up, and we're going to throw the ball around all over the place. yeah, You know, you know I, I used to believe in a, in a phrase that Buddy Nobles said all the time, which was, you know, in the Bible, you know, it said that the Lord says, lo, I am with you, which we took that as, hey, that means run the ball, keep the ball on the ground, and I'll be with you. Mm. Uh, you know, so now we, we, we've we changed that philosophy, and all that is because of this young man that we've got at the quarterback position, and um you know, we kind of met with as many folks as we could during the off season, and then all of a sudden, boom, COVID hits, and we kind of get on Zoom clinics and all those type of things. And uh, we wanted to be able to showcase this young man's talents. And tip your hat to him—he took control of it and immersed himself to try to learn everything he could about it, and has played out of his mind, really, and has been been a huge cat- catalyst. What I've been impressed with Brandon about. And and I think Friday was no doubt the best football game I've seen him play in high school. Uh, This is his third position this year. Uh, He started out at what we call a Z receiver, and then we had a little bit of an injury, so we were going to move him to X. And then our starting running back got hurt, and we had a. You know, kind of another uh, running back transfer. To me. So all of a sudden, boom! We don't have a running back, and, and hey, Brandon, we need you to go to running back. And so he, you know, he, he split time Friday as a running back and as a receiver. Let us in receptions. Let us in rushing yardage. Scored uh, a touchdown. And I mean, just kind of you know one of those stable guys that doesn't never really get rattled that, uh, you know, we could probably come tomorrow and say, hey, Brandon, we're probably going to need you to play linebacker this week. And he'd say, okay, coach, if that's if that's what it's going to take for us to win, I'll, I'll be on board with it.
0: Yeah, 66 yards rushing and 85 yards receiving. So that's a pretty good game.
2: Yeah, he, he, and, and the other thing that, that doesn't go in there is, you know, the, the special teams he played and then, you know, the blocks that he made to try to give Thomas some extra time to him the football. I mean, it's just – when I say the ultimate team guy, I mean he is the ultimate team guy, and uh, I mean what a what a heck of a Friday night, and what a what a night to to decide to hey, I'm gonna play my best game in high school.
1: Jason Strickland, the head coach of the Ware County Gators, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. When the region came out, we and we had uh, the rejiggering of classifications and and regions and things like that. When your region of doom came out the way that it did. <laughs> What was your initial reaction?
2: Uh, I mean, it was a little shock, probably. You know, we uh, it just wasn't quite what we were expecting, and and then you know, it's kind of one of those deals. We met as a staff that day when when it came out and said, you know, hey man, you better get your big boy pants on because it's not a matter, you know, could you lose a game? It's just I mean, if you if you don't play well against one of these crowds, I mean, you're going to get embarrassed, and, and uh, you know, it's it, you understand it's going to be a, a a physical fight every Friday night and you know you, you, you sit there and you know kind of we'd always been in regions where you felt pretty comfortable that you could make the playoffs you didn't know exactly what what seed you were going to be but you felt like you could get in and, and all of a sudden you see this come out and you go shoot man there's going to be a really good football team that doesn't make the playoffs uh-huh. and uh, you know now you begin work making sure that, that you're not one of them and uh, you know hey man we we like where we live. We like the, the vehicles we drive. We like the house that we're in. Man, we, we better figure out a way to win some football games in this region. Well,
0: speaking of tough region matchups, you've got one on Friday against Warner Robins. It'll be on the road. They're 5-1. and one. Their only loss being to Valdosta. What's it going to take to get a W in that
2: one? I right, check, check that now. They they wound up getting the win back from Vadas Austin the forfeit. They their losses mm. against Lee County. Okay. So that's, okay. E- either way, neither one of those are anything to be ashamed of. But ah, uh, you know, it, it's one of those deals when you uh, when you turn the film on you know, quickly, you figure out what the hype is all about and and why they played in a couple state championships in a row and. Uh, Coach Westbrook just does an unbelievable job, and when you—I mean—the the, the thing that sticks out initially is them on defense with Vic Burley at the defensive end spot. It's an Alabama offer guy, an LSU offer guy. He's six-five, he's two hundred fifty pounds. He started for them on the defensive line as a freshman. Now, I can't imagine in my mind a a freshman starting a defensive line for a team that's playing the state championship. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, but you turn the film on, you go, oh, okay, this is, this is why they started. It. And then, you know, Ahmad Walker, who I I think, uh, you know, if you, if you go back and look at all of the state championship games last year, we've seen them multiple times. I thought Ahmad Walker looked like the best football player that weekend, uh, of, of any classification. I mean, just, he, I mean, he gave Buford fits the whole game. And, um, just an incredible, incredible football player, and what what you see is they do such a tremendous job of either creating turnovers or creating three and outs, big special teams plays where they create a short field for their offense to come out. And oh, by the way, the offense is led by a guy named Jalen Addy, who's in his second year. That's a heck of a player himself, and uh, and then you know you got Jalen Rutherford at the running back spot. That they're just two outstanding players, and and uh, they they just create. So many mismatches for everybody they play, but uh, we've got to find a way to to you know get a couple first downs and, and get their offense having to drive yards because they just haven't had to go very far this whole year.
1: You mentioned Buddy Nobles, and I wanted to get into that a little bit. When I mentioned that name to you, what comes to mind? Uh
2: an inspiration, really. I mean, it kind of the the. I get chill bumps now, John, when, when we talk about it. And, and Buddy was such a, a humble person and uh, uh, such a guy that understood his platform and the, the power of his platform and, and the importance of it. Uh, and, and maybe more so than anybody I've ever known. And, and he never wavered from what his purpose was every day as a football coach. And he truly believed it was to carry people in his footsteps and uh, and and show them, you know, the, the right way to do things. And he was a guy that was very strong in his faith, and he wasn't going to be bashful about it. And he didn't necessarily he wasn't going to get mad with you if you disagreed with him. But he he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be bashful about his faith and the things that he believed in. Uh, and he wasn't gonna be bashful about the way he coached and the message that he tried to spread. And that's powerful in today's time. Um, and, and and when you when you you know maybe the 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 best thing about Buddy that I could say in and, and especially in our world today is he was just kind you know in, in, a, in a world that's just kind of gotten a little bit mean and so he was just a, he was just a kind guy that would do anything in the world for anybody and um, you know you just hope that uh, you know when, whenever my time comes or your time comes and, and, and they're gonna you know throw some dirt on us, That I I hope that people are are able to talk about me a little bit the way they talk about Coach Nobles because it's just an incredible wife, an incredible father, an incredible husband, and, uh, man, one heck of a coach that impacted a lot of people. But that name's going to be having stories told about for a long, long time.
1: When... You mentioned, Buddy, obviously there's the time he spent in Florida, there's the time he spent at Fitzgerald, there's the time he spent over in Douglas, and then his time in Osceola, all great football places. You've been the same way with your time in a lot of different places, you know, Blackshear and all the places where you intersected with Buddy there in South Georgia as well. With your time now in Waycross what does football mean to everybody there and what are people missing by not seeing a game involving Ware County at either at veterans or with the team that you're with?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that, that I'd say is this community reminds me a lot of Fitzgerald when we
1: were at Fitzgerald.
2: You know, they're, they're very passionate about, about football. And, uh, you know, I – and the Braves were in the NLCS this year. I, I'm not sure that anybody in Waycross knew that. Uh, yeah, it was just that they, but they, they know who our backup quarterback is, and you know they 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 know who our possible third round matchup is in the playoffs. I mean, it's just they are fanatic about high school football, and, and we get calls all the time. you know, you know we had a uh, one of our linebackers uh, pulled a hamstring. Um, two weeks ago, and I, I probably got you know thirty calls last week leading into the coffee game, wanting to know how Rodney was. Was he going to be able to play? And you know, what's the what's the story? I mean, just how's the hamstring doing? I'd stop and get gas, and somebody want to come over and you know ask how Rodney's hamstring. I mean, just on and on and on. It is a it is a unique place in the fact that they really. Surround themselves passionately around this golden gem that's called Memorial Stadium mm-hmm. that Babe Ruth at some point had a home run out of. Yep. Um, you know, it's it is kind of the cornerstone of our community. And I think in a lot of small towns, the high school, the school system itself is, is kind of the cornerstone. But I think more so here, it's this football program and that stadium and how important it is. Um, you know, they, they, they wait all year long. For this unique group of young men to roll out with these jerseys that's got Ware County Gators on the front of it, and uh, man, they get so excited. Uh, we, we're led into a home game every Friday by a gigantic parade, uh, and and, and I, I mean parade. I don't mean like a two, like two cop escort deal. I mean it's a it's a parade over to our stadium, and and when we get there, there's a thousand people waiting on us. To, to get off the buses. I mean, it's just a, it is a unique situation. And, uh, you know, the thing that, that I remind our guys of this year is I think this community has waited a long time for a group of young men to put those jerseys on like what we've got right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it makes every Friday night seem like a big, big deal. Uh, if you ask our kids, you know, why is Friday night a big game? And they'll say, and they've said it for a long time. It's a big deal because the Gators are playing. And uh, I think that's that's something that resonates within our whole community.
0: Coach Strickland, the way you describe high school football is the reason that John and I are sitting here on this podcast. It's the reason why we love covering it, why we love being involved in Football Fridays here at GPB. It is... So outstanding, and I'm sure your community has memorized your roster back and forth. Mm -hmm. Well, what we do on a new show we've got called Recruiting 2020, we make that kid an offer. And is there somebody on your roster that is overlooked that you think needs to be featured on make that kid an offer?
2: Our center is a kid named Tyler Nipper. And uh, that it, we, we don't make any secrets last year as a football program. We were we were not bad as an offensive line. You know, if we say we had a bad offensive line, that's really a disservice to folks who had a bad offensive line. We were we were horrible on the offensive line. And Tyler was our starting center last year, battled, did all the things that we could ask him to do. We were just not very gifted up front. But this off season he made it a point that we were going to be very good on the offensive line. And he kind of became that voice and leader of, of that group and, um, worked his tail off. And now what he's done is he's made sure and held everybody else accountable on that offensive line to make sure that they're working as hard and playing as hard and practicing as hard. And, um, he, I, I, there's no question, he's, he's kind of one of our unsung heroes, maybe the unsung hero of our whole football program.
1: Jason Strickland, the head coach of the Ware County Gators. Jason, as always, it's great to catch up with you, my friend. I love you very much, and we will catch up with you down the line. Thanks for being a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at GPB. Love you guys, man. Thank you all for what y'all do. Big time.
0: John, I had full chills when Coach Strickland was describing football. Mm-hmm. That is the epitome of why i made this my career yeah i mean well
1: and and that's why when we have all of these different coaches on that's why i like to ask the question about community mm-hmm. because i know that there are only a certain number of games that we can either watch or be at on any given friday and also on a certain number of places we can be in any given season so when we have a brad harbor on from chris we get to find out about cordial we have jason strickland on, we can talk, find out about waycross all of these different places and all these different coaches. You know, Justin Rogers, when we we had him on talking about what what it's like in Moultrie. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot out there and for a lot of us to see and to be able to ask these coaches what it's like in those towns and what it means to those towns when, yeah, the the sidewalks roll up at three thirty or four o'clock and everybody closes businesses and everybody heads over to the football stadium and that kind of thing under normal years. And I know it's different this year, but just how regardless of when we're talking about how these communities wrap themselves around these teams and around these players and around their successes because it's a part of pride in each of these communities about how well they do. It's about stuff that they talk about with their friends on Saturday morning. Yeah, our team did this. What did your team do? And then it's all about the good-natured ribbing between friends and uh, among friends and things like that. But, no, that's why I always like to ask that question because there's only a certain number of places we can be and a certain number of places we can be in a season. And when we can ask these coaches what it's like in those towns, that's why I think it's really special. And there's
0: only a certain amount of teams that we can cover on Football Fridays in Georgia on GPB. And I certainly miss dearly being on the sidelines and being able to meet the, you know, fans down there and talk to the community and that's always you know the best part is getting to know people and people come up to you and they want to chat mm-hmm. And I love talking football mm-hmm. so this week we are headed to the hill to cover North Quinnette versus Collins Hill mm-hmm. both teams are five and two the Bulldogs are coming off a bye week the Eagles just defeated Peachtree Ridge 42 to seven this game will likely decide the region A title so I'm looking forward to watching these two loaded Swanee teams clash on Friday John
1: yeah and the early lost by North Gwinnett to Lovejoy, mm-hmm. I think sat there and uh, raised some eyebrows for some folks in Gwinnett County about what North Gwinnett was up to this year, but they've they've found themselves. They're, they're getting to the full song as you're getting into region play, and it's been a while since we've done uh, material with Collins Hill. There was a, a quarterback they had a couple of years ago, Taylor Heineke who was setting state records and went to Old Dominion and set records there, and now he's uh, getting cups of coffee in the National Football League, and so it'll be good to catch up with everybody at the Hill. The first time we've done a game from the Hill in the Football Fridays in Georgia Dossier, so it'll be good to catch up with folks up there in Gwinnett County on Friday night and be at a place we've never been before.
0: Yeah, the theme of this season and what we're trying to do, if you haven't caught on, is we're trying to cover teams we haven't covered in a really long time or cover teams for the first time, so we're trying to expand our horizons and we're listening to you guys and what teams you want to you want on air and so we're we're doing our best this yeah, year
1: one other game that uh, caught both of our eyes last mm-hmm. week the athens academy prince avenue christian yes. game yes. uh the one touchdown for athens academy came from someone that you've had discussions with in the past uh, Mr. Colsey. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was good to see Dion get a 70-yarder, in that made it 21-7, but it was uh, Prince Avenue Christian, 41-7 big winners last week in that battle of one versus two.
0: Yeah, that was a really good one, and I know we wanted to cover that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there were, there were some folks that uh, wanted us to go up and cover that one, and uh, it was definitely a part of our discussions. And uh, there's a quarterback at Prince Avenue Christian who, last mm-hmm. time I heard, is okay.
0: I think he's doing all right. Brock Vandegrift. I am talking to him today on Zoom. That will be my interview for Recruiting 2020. If you guys have been keeping up with that, it's a brand new show that comes out at 7 p.m. on Fridays, right before the Football Friday in Georgia broadcast. It also comes on directly following, so around 11, yeah, 11-ish. 11-ish. So, so he will you're be my interview at your this week. Game, if yeah. you're at
1: your mm-hmm. game and you miss a GPB Sports Recruiting 2020, presented by our friends at Express, you get to watch it after our game is over, then you get to watch Recruiting 2020, then you get to watch our game again. So it's a full Football Friday with us.
0: Yeah, my interview last week was Amarius Mims of Blackley County, and he told me that Brock was the one who convinced him to go to Georgia. So that is going to be one of my first questions for him.
1: Okay, so I see the synergy here. So are you are going to ask Brock about fishing now, too?
0: Well, I mean, they bonded over catfishing. I got to ask.
1: Okay. So that is what Hannah has plotted for recruiting 2020. And you'll see that Friday night at 7. Once again, North Gwinnett and Collins Hill. After that is completed, about 7.37 will be your kick. Our coverage will start at 7.30 with Matt Stewart, Wayne Gandy, Hannah, and myself. That is it for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Presented at Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Media. It is produced by the award-winning and irreplaceable, see now I'm finishing up and I can't come up with a word, the award-winning and irreplaceable, the award-winning and irreplaceable, Sean Powers, for everybody here at Georgia Public Broadcasting, I'm John, that's Hannah, play it safe everybody, enjoy the game.